0: Dan Bongino. I owe you. Who owes who? You owe me. I owe you. There's no money. The Dan Bongino Show. Anything run by liberals will be run into the ground, burned, stepped on, gasoline poured on it, and burned again. Get ready to hear the truth about America. They're arguing about things and debating how quickly they can deconstruct the greatest country in the history of mankind and all of the ideas and norms that have gotten us here. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well, Dan. I'm doing well. Thanks. Yeah, man. Listen, what the hell happened last (laughs) night at the Emmy Awards? What is the deal with these people? You know... Folks, for those of you who missed it, so the the Emmy Awards, I don't, I don't, what are those? I don't, I don't even, I care so little about Hollywood. I mean, you have the Oscars, the Tonys, I guess the Emmys are non cinema awards like tv and hbo series or stuff i don't know i really don't care it doesn't matter but they had the awards last night yeah. um they were on tv and stephen colbert hosted i did not watch this at all i'm just commenting off what i'm seeing uh or hot takes on twitter where Me people public you know who ca- right who cares yeah. but the emmy awards last night turned into a complete a uh, loser fest with Hollywood losers, total uh, degenerates, uh, sitting there ripping on Trump the entire time. Um, you know, I, I don't get it. So with today's show notes, right, I'm going to put two pieces up there. One from the Washington Times about the Emmys where Cobell just loses his mind the minute he gets up on the stage, uh, just destroying Trump. Uh, You get celebrities going. There's one specifically I want to focus on. So I'm going to put an article up in the show notes today at Bongino.com and on my uh, email list if you choose to subscribe at Bongino.com. I'll send you the articles of the Washington Times about the Bash Fest that became the Emmys, because I'm sure most of you didn't watch it because the viewership is down 50%. I'm going to put a Times piece and I'm going to put a Newsweek piece, which Newsweek is no, again, bastion of conservative values, Joseph. And in the Newsweek piece, I want you to read it, even though we're giving him clicks, because it's important. The Emmys, Joe, since 2013, are down by 50% in viewership. 50%? 50%. Now read the Newsweek. It's short, but read the explanations that Newsweek has. You want the explanation? Americans Man. who have conservative values don't want their don't want the crap bashed out of them on TV. They're not gonna watch. Why is this hard to figure out? Is this really that complicated? I mean, guys, ladies, what kind of a business model is this? Let's OK, let's play the game for a minute. So Trump lost the popular vote. Nobody cares. He wasn't running for governor of California, and New York, but Trump lost the popular vote. But he got millions upon millions of votes, probably has the support right now of let's lowball it just to be nice to Democrats. Let's say he has the support of, you know, 40 percent of registered voters, say 30 percent. This yeah. still means, Joe, tens of millions of people, a large consumer base. Right. Whose bright idea was it to go on the Emmys and tell Colbert that it was okay to do a three-hour bash fest on Trump? I'm sorry I had to jump right into this, but All I'm right. just—it's so beyond frustra- frustrating because it's just a bad business model, and you're just idiots. So, a couple of things I want—I want to hit on this. Uh, number one, viewership's down 15% since 2013. So you're winning. Thank you for not tuning in. Um, I appreciate that very much. But I remember. You know, uh, being in the in the Secret Service and especially during the Clinton years when you're running around with these people, these uh, these these celebrities, pseudo celebrities and, you know, the intelligentsia and academics and everything and the political types, especially on the liberal mm. side. And I remember the the bubble talk like they're all in a bubble and you have to understand, folks, like you and I are, are, are probably normal, average, everyday, hardworking Americans. You know, we're sitting here listening to this podcast going, yeah, I don't get it. Like these celebrities, are they, they can you be this dumb? But you have to understand that in their bubble, this is the only accepted form of groupthink. It's not considered dumb at all. It's considered the standard operating position because, folks, they've never met anyone like you. They've left that world. They're insulated in a world now completely surrounded by liberal groupthink. Trump is bad. Trump's a racist. Trump's a xenophobe. Trump hates everybody. That's the only accepted method of thinking over there. They don't consider this unusual at all. Another point to this Business is suffering, but if you read the Newsweek piece, and this is critical, and this is why I wanted to put that in there, the attribution, the reasons they give, for the failure for Hollywood box office receipts down, the Emmy Awards down 50 percent. This Jennifer Lawrence movie, Mother Joe, remember Jennifer Lawrence yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago? She insinuated mm-hmm. that uh, Trump was the cause of these hurricanes and all this. They didn't say it directly, to be fair, but it was more than enough of a uh, indirect insinuation for Americans to get the hint. So she's basically bashing Trump right as she's doing promotion for her movie her new movie Mother. The books, uh, the, the movie's an abysmal failure. It's a, it's a, There's a big piece on Drudge about it today. It's the mother of all failures. The mother of all failures, MOA, like the <laughs> Moab, the mother of all, bond, mother of all failures. Again, in some circles, we would call that a clue. I have another article up at the show notes today. NFL viewership down dramatically, down 14%. This is from CBS News. This is not from uh, conservative-leaning outlets like Conservative Review and Breitbart. Mm-hmm. We don't hide our affiliation. This is from CBS News saying the NFL is down. Again, listen to the reasons. Oh, the, the, it's a sl- slower game and too many penalties. Folks, when you actually ask people, Something like 17% of people say they're not watching anymore because they're tired of the anti-American protests. Again, in some limited circles, we would call that a clue. But yep. before I move on, one thing I wanted to hit on here because it was so outrageous was there was an, an actor who I, I don't I don't know this guy, some guy Donnie Glover. Hmm. He gets up on stage last night at the Emmys and said something so outrageous That this guy should be exempted from polite political conversation from this point on. He gets up on stage and he goes, I want to thank Donald Trump for making black people the most number one and the most oppressed political class list or something. Mm. You know, just a quick question for you in the audience who are reasonable thinkers, right? Because this is a reasonable show. We try to give uh, you know we try to use facts and data to make reasonable arguments. How how exactly is Trump oppressing you? This is a a, a a I'm assuming a guy who makes millions of dollars to play other to play make believe for a living. Uh, this guy is is not he's not coal mining. He's not a, a you know, he's not a, a, a he's not laying a sheet rock. He's not a, a steam fitter. He's not knocking tin out there. He's not a plumber. This is a guy who gets paid millions of dollars to play make believe for a living who is sitting on a stage and senses no irony in this show at all. Mm-hmm. He happens to be black, by the way. And he says Trump is, is made now black people the most oppressed uh, people in the United States or something. I mean, how, how ridiculous and absurd. I mean, and he doesn't see that normal, everyday, average Americans, uh, probably across all the uh, racial divides, are probably looking at this going, hmm, really? Folks, you know, liberalism has is, is jumped the shark uh, completely. You know, another story I saw this week, you might have talked about like depressing this one. You read it. And you're like, I-, I tweeted out, have liberals finally reached peak stupid? And I keep doing this all the time because they keep surpassing their prior peak stupid with with dumber and dumber efforts to create a new victim class. Did you see this story, Joe, about the, a hobby lobby, a woman yes. who complained? To, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Is this thing the most absurd thing? <laughs> All right, before I get, let me just get the sponsor because this is just this is so bad. I just want to. Oh, dude. Yeah, I know. It's like you want to you want to cry. You can't even laugh because you're like you, you you think it's an onion story. Uh Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brick House Nutrition. You know I'm a big fan of these guys. Hey, last week I made a big mistake. So I go to the gym and I've been losing a little strength lately, and I'm like, darn. And uh, I kid you not, I forgot to take my foundation for a couple of days, and it made a little bit of sense. I write down every single rep I do in the gym because I every you know it's beat the book, beat the book. Every Every week, you got to beat the book. If you work out, keep a log. It's a huge mistake if you don't. You have to beat that book every week. I was doing searcher squats, 285 on the bar. I usually hit it for five. I only hit it for four. And I'm like, darn, is my knee hurting? What's up? I had forgotten to take my foundation. This stuff is really that good. It makes a huge difference difference in the gym performance-wise, but it also makes a huge difference in your looks. I mean, listen, is is that kind of a shallow and vain thing? But it's a good product. People (laughs) want to look their best. They do. People want to look good. You want to be able to perform well in the gym. You want to be able to perform well athletically. You want to be able also to, to look good. That's why a lot of people work out, right? Yeah. It's good stuff. It's called foundation. It's available at brickhousenutrition.com/slash Dan. It's a creatine ATP blend and it gives you a couple extra gas tanks in the gym. It really reinforces your ability to produce work in the gym and produce a lot of it. But it also gives you a nice solid volumization effect inside your muscles. It makes you look bigger and stronger and better and lean. It's a really good product. Uh take the mirror test. That's all I ask. That's how positive I am. You're gonna love this stuff. Take the product, give it seven days to work. Give yourself a look in the mirror seven days later. you look a whole lot better. It's really good stuff. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle today. By the way, I'll be in for Levin, uh, Mark Levin, on Wednesday night if uh, you want to tune in. Yeah. So this Hobby Lobby story, a woman named uh, Danielle Ryder went into a Hobby Lobby. And inside the Hobby Lobby, they uh, they were selling uh, artistic displays using cotton, um, like cotton on the, uh, you know, picked cotton raw cotton yeah yeah exactly raw cotton exactly so the lady lost her mind and said that this thing was offensive on so many levels and folks you know again i i I don't want to hammer this story too much because i don't want you to lose iq points but i want i want the point i want you to take away from this is that This is a woman, this Daniel Ryder or whoever, I never met her, but who put this up on Facebook, who if she brought this up in a conversation of normal, average working Americans would probably be summarily laughed at. You know, mockery, as Saul Alinsky pointed out, rules for radicals is a powerful weapon. It's Mm -hmm. not a particularly uh, uh, good weapon. I don't think it's definitely not a a Christian values weapon. And I'll be honest with you, I'm guilty of it all the time um it's not but it is a powerful one and denying that is a strategic mistake folks this the, the if if someone were to bring this up anywhere else again you would be laughed at that she walked in and there was it looks like a raw cotton in a vase and right. she said because there was a, a a obviously a history we have a history of slavery in this country and there are people who have uh, there were uh, black Americans forced to by forced labor fic, uh, pick cotton, which is not a mystery to anyone. Nobody denies that. But this is real. I mean, really. I mean, what's next? Like cotton T-shirts. I mean, this is where because you understand that the left and that this is what they've when you imbue in people Joe a yeah. a mentality that you are a victim of a larger oppressive effort by a white patriarchal power structure, which is the whole idea of critical theory that white patriarchal, the white patriarchal power structure has to be destroyed at every opportunity, and you imbue in people an idea that this is real, then they go and look for excuses all the time to find reasons that they're being somehow offended. And this is the, the logical end result of it. It's really kind of scary. I saw the story. I'll put it in the show notes. Read it, and it's frightening because, folks, I don't see this ending anywhere. There's no, there's no logical endgame to this. I mean, our, again, our cotton T-shirts next? I mean, folks, nobody, no sane person would, would you know, would defend our, our, the country's, uh, you know, we listen, we have, we've made mistakes. We're a country of human beings. I get that. But what's next, Joe? I mean, if you see mm-hmm. farm equipment, I mean, is that going to be offensive? I mean, when you're looking for a reason to be offended, you will always find one. Sure. And this is the logical endpoint of liberalism. And this is what critical theories imbued in them. Again, critical theories, critical theories, this idea that the white male power structure makes the rules and therefore the rules are always meant to reinforce their power and that if you are one of these oppressed groups that you are to you are to fight back by any means necessary it's the genesis genesis of, of antifa it's the genesis of speech suppression on campus i mean really when the ends justify the means you can do anything and these are the excuses they uh, they uh, they use to do that these things like well look at that i mean look at these with well, the white patriarchal power structures uh, showing cotton in a hobby lobby ah Hey, Everybody freak out. No, everybody don't. Let's be rational about this and have an honest conversation. All right. I read a good piece uh, in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, I I really hope you give it a look because it's uh, it's a good one. It's called The Coalition of the Descendant. Uh, It's a James Freeman piece. He does some really good work over there. And uh, I think we've kind of touched on this before, but... The piece is about the strategic miscalculation by the Democrats that has led to just a rout at both the local, state, and now federal level. They are losing, well, they've already lost the presidency. They are now beginning to lose the court system through appointments. They have lost the legislative branch as Republicans took over the House. They have lost the Senate as Republicans took over the Senate. They've lost governorships. They only have 16 Democrat governors out of uh, of 50 now, or Barack Obama, math, 57. Uh, They have 16. That's it. Only 16. Now, keep in mind, there are even uh, Republican governors in deep blue states like Maryland, uh, Illinois, Massachusetts. The Democrats are in big trouble. And in this piece, Coalition of the Descended, he points to two reasons. And this, they're fascinating. And I'm going to add to it a little bit. A couple of things he didn't discuss. And uh, one of them is Democrats always felt that the demography was destiny, Joe. What right. do I mean by that? They've relied on illegal immigration. And a solidification of the minority vote in the belief that what they're losing amongst middle class working white men and women. Remember, this is their identity politics game, Joe, that they're mm-hmm. losing that vote. They think they can make it up through unfettered illegal immigration with basically a boost in Hispanic vote. So just to simplify what I just said, mm-hmm. they think if you're Hispanic, you're their future. And the growing number of Hispanics in the United States means that they're going to win forever. That didn't happen. Matter of fact, you're losing, and you're losing badly. So there are basically two takeaways. They're relying on minorities to continue voting Democrat and an increasing number of minorities. Make sense, Joe? Yep. Not complicated at all. They think that minority groups are going to vote Democrat, and these groups are increasing in number. Therefore, we're going to continue to win in the future. But that's not happening. What happened? What happened? Well, Freeman touches on one part of this, and I'm going to add to it. And he's right. Folks, there's a big problem here with that theory. And I'm living proof of it. My wife is Hispanic. So is her mom. So point number one, that minorities are going to continue to vote dem, Democrat in the same numbers they think black Americans are going to upwards of 90% is just not right. Governor Greg Abbott in Texas won a large swath of the Hispanic vote, Joe. hmm Marco Rubio in Florida I'm not I don't know if you like or can't stand these guys. It doesn't matter. I'm just giving you the facts. Marco Rubio won a large swath of the Hispanic vote. Texas Hispanic voters. a lot of them vote Republican in rather large numbers. I think Governor Greg Abbott in Texas got something like 40 percent of the Hispanic vote. Yeah. In other words, you're not getting the... So point number one is just a dumb one if you can do simple... We don't even need Jay's abacus for this one or Steve's dictionary. (laughs) We don't need them. This is common sense. Well, uh, minorities are going to continue to vote Democrat. Yeah, but they're not. (laughs) They're not going to. My wife is Hispanic. She is a Republican. My mother-in-law is Hispanic. She is a Republican. My kids are more Hispanic than anything. They are, trust me, going to be Republicans. (laughs) I... Your, your, your math is just not right. So that Freeman hits on that point that their over-reliance on this silly theory that minorities were going to continue to vote Democrat in perpetuity is nonsense. And Joe, this pattern has repeated itself over and over throughout American history. Mm-hmm. When the Irish, when the Italians uh, came over to Ellis Island in New York, a lot of them largely voted Democrat. You're right. not seeing that anymore. You're seeing enormous numbers of Irish Americans that even consider themselves Irish Americans, not just Americans, that vote Republican. Especially Catholic ones. Italians, the same thing. This is a silly, ridiculous strategy. Now, let's dismantle point number two. So, point number one was that minorities will continue to vote uh, Democrat when that's just the pattern's just not showing. Matter of fact, decreasing numbers as we go on. And he did better. Uh, Donald Trump did better amongst Hispanics than Mitt Romney did, and black voters too, by the way. But, secondly, Joe, here's the kicker. If you are going to make skin color right a delineation point between victimhood and not i want to be this is an important point i I want to be very clear on this if i joe if i lose you please stop me okay you know i will if you're a democrat and you are going to make one of your signature issues victimhood based strictly on skin color in other words you're black and therefore you are not white and white people can't stand you, and they're in power, and you should fight them at every opportunity. So, skin color r- matter of fact, regardless if you're successful or not. So, if mm-hmm. you're Donnie Glover and you're up on stage at the Emmys and you're a millionaire actor, and America's clearly been better to you than it's been to just about 9999999 percent of the population, you're still a victim because you're black. Right? That's what Donnie right. Glover's point was, Joe. It, yeah. De- defying common sense he's up on stage as a multi-millionaire actor telling you he's a victim and everybody be- eats it up so if your premise donnie glover and the left is that skin color makes you a victim well, what happens with hispanic voters when hispanic voters marry people who are quote white their kids joe and most a lot of hispanic uh remember um, george zimmerman the white hispanic Remember that yeah, the guy, yeah, the, sure the, yeah. the Trayvon Martin, George, Zimmerman, yep. and they described this as the white Hispanic. So they're inventing new classes of people. When you delineate victims versus non-victims and you abuse victimhood to get votes, but then you tell people it's based on skin color, right? Mm-hmm. And then that skin color doesn't marry up because their kids have, are, you know, my, my kids are white skin. If that's, a, they don't have an elevated level of melanin in their skin. Mm-hmm then over time that allegiance to minority groups based on your own ideology fades away. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying Joe like the mm-hmm. skin yeah. color delineates victimhood. Well my skin color doesn't match you said that that black people and and uh, and uh, Hispanics are, are victims but my my father's white my skin's white eventually mm-hmm. they stop identifying as the victim group you want to claim as a victim. you think I'm making this up? Read the Freeman piece I'm begging you it's in the show notes today. In the Freeman piece, he talks about how uh, the Wall Street Journal piece by James Freeman, he talks about how this strategy can't possibly work because as Hispanic Americans marry Italian Americans, like in my case, mm-hmm. Irish Americans, Asian Americans, eventually the allegiance to the victim group, allegedly of uh, victimized Hispanics by Trump, they don't associate themselves with that anymore. Right. Increasingly, generations of kids in 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 whatever mixed culture marriages, which uh, uh, we call it, identify themselves, Joe, as white. So this is not gonna, guys. I'm yeah. not giving the Democrats advice because I get emails. I'm telling you that they can't, they cannot separate from identity politics. Their critical theory's been embedded in them through Hollywood. In other words, the white patriarchal power structure is the uh, right. problem and it needs to be dismantled to Hollywood, academia and the media. There is no escaping it. They are married to this. They're married to this. There's no way they can separate from it because their entire ideology falls apart because they have nothing else to sell you. They have so told people for so long that Republicans hate you, conservatives hate you. And here's why, because you are X, black, Hispanic, Asian, immigrant, whatever it may be, there's no going back and saying now, okay, they really don't hate you, uh, but let me just offer another solution. We're going to hike your taxes and take away your health care. They can't do it. This is all they have. This is a losing strategy. So two points. Your reliance on the fact that minorities are going to continue to vote Republican doesn't bear out in the data. And secondly, point two. Your reliance on a growing class of minorities insists on the fact that generations of people will continue to, will continue to classify themselves as minorities, and they don't. You can't win this way. This is a loser for you. It is a loser on steroids. Now, one more point I wanted to make on this. A couple of years back when I was running for office, I'm sorry I'm a little wired. I'm just, I always get excited about the Monday shows. Take the weekend off. I want to, like... Boom. I want to just, I'm ready to rock and roll on Monday. Because sometimes my wife tells me when I come back, she's like, man, you were talking so fast. It's usually when I get excited for these shows. But I was at a speech a couple of years ago, uh, in Queen Anne's County, Maryland, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Grover Norquist came out. And Norquist, it was an interesting speech. Um, you know, I disagree with a lot of what Grover says, but his take on taxes is always pretty good. And he gave a speech, and it was fascinating. It was about this demographics' his destiny strategy, identity politics by the left. And he brought up an interesting point. And forgive me, I don't remember the exact data. This was three or four years ago, but the point's salient nonetheless. And this is where I want to, this is not in Freeman's piece. It's just an addition I want to bring up. He said that as regardless of your, whatever, however you classify yourself, a black Mm -hmm. American, uh, Hispanic American, Asian American, white American, regardless of who your parents are. Like I'm pretty sure my kids would classify themselves right now as, as white, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're more Hispanic than anything. But people classify themselves in all kinds of ways, right? But he brought up an interesting piece. He said that as people's well, net wealth and stock ownership and ownership in a 401k, uh, as their net wealth grows, regardless of racial uh, uh, self-classification, Joe, and people decide to classify themselves all kind of ways. That as your uh, net wealth goes up, you are more likely to vote conservative over time. His point is this simple one, that as the economy recovers, this is why you saw overwhelming landslides in the Reagan years. People generally vote their own economic condition and their own financial and economic welfare first, regardless of category, meaning you may not get 51 percent of the black vote if you're a Republican. But if you are a Republican who presides over legitimate Republican policies, show, tax cuts, patient-centered health care, patient-centric health care, smaller government, things Reagan, well, it wasn't so much smaller government, but at least tax cuts, things Reagan did, you're going to get a greater percentage of the black vote than people did before you. So economic growth, folks, hurts the Democrats too. So not only is the identity politics a loser on that front, a loser on the front that most people aren't going to identify themselves as minorities, just going to identify themselves as Americans or white as they wind up over time, as these, these categories start to dilute themselves, but you're also going to find if economic growth picks up that the Democrats lose on both fronts. So I just wanted to bring that up because they've so married themselves to this identity politics thing that there's no escaping, folks. This is all they have. They have nothing else. This is it. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Placed an order this week. Finally, I know I I never lie to my audience. I said I was going to, um, and I did. I brought uh, I, I I bought a couple of uh, boxes. They have an they have a couple of deals, which is great. If you go to preparewithdan.com, mm-hmm. By the way, folks, I I there's no there's no more convincing I can do to get you to pick up emergency food after what's happened these last couple of weeks. I mean, gosh, the Virgin Islands, what's happening over there now and in the in the Caribbean, you, you need emergency food. Gosh, if the food supply went down for four weeks, can you imagine what would happen when your pantry ran dry? I mean, what are we going to do? Seriously, what are going to hunt squirrels? Huh. Folks, please go insure your food supply. Get yourself a one-month supply of emergency food. Now, I want this week. It's only 99 bucks, by the way. Go to preparewithdan.com. It's a one-month supply for one person of emergency food. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner it lasts 25 years. 25 years. All you need is water to prepare it. I picked up a box, but when I was there I noticed that when you go to prepare with Dan, when you buy a box, which is what I which I uh, what I did, they give you additional offers as well. And they gave me $10 off the next box I got which was fruits and vegetables. Hmm. Which separately, which I'm a big fruits and vegetables guy. And I thought to myself, gosh, if we were without food for a month or so, I would still want to get you know su- some some good, solid vegetable and fruit nutrition. They have a box of separate fruits and vegetables there. And they gave me $10 off for, it was pretty cool. I think it was because uh, once you buy a box, they give you a subsequent deal afterwards. So please go to preparewithdan.com. I'm begging you, be prepared. Ensure your food supply. We ensure everything in our lives that matters. Better to have it and not need it then need it and not have it. Go to preparewithdan.com today. Pick up your one-month supply of emergency food. It's just 99 bucks. All right. Um. This was fascinating. I um. Ben Shapiro, I was watching this clips of uh, hot takes of Ben Shapiro's speech at Berkeley last week. Ben mm-hmm. Shapiro is a, a pretty famous conservative commentator, has a, a podcast that does very well. And uh, it was interesting. He went to Berkeley, and thankfully, uh, unlike last time where they tried to burn the campus down, Antifa and the liberals, they, they uh, Berkeley spent six hundred thousand, or I think close to a million dollars, on security now to protect Shapiro against, uh, against Antifa. And it's fascinating. Liberals blame Shapiro. Shapiro cost the university one million dollars. No, he didn't antifa cost the university a million dollars <laughs> nobody uh, that's like saying donald trump cost the secret service a billion dollars no terrorist threats cost the secret service a billion dollars Not the president you dopes so shapiro gives his speech and there was a q a at the end and there's a lot of great he's a very very skilled debater i have uh No problem whatsoever throwing Major League shout outs to people who have really good debating skills. And Shapiro is very, very good. Um, There's one on abortion, but that one's gone kind of viral. I'm going to pass on that one for a minute. I'm going to go to another one. Um, A kid gets up, one of these students, and he's a real smart ass, uh, which most of them are. And he challenges Ben Shapiro, who's, by the way, a brilliant guy, Harvard Law grad, uh, he's no i mean no reasonable person questions Shapiro's intellectual bona fides right Joe i mean you may not like his positions yeah. but he's a smart guy you mm-hmm. may not like his presentation style that's up to you but shapiro is a brilliant guy questioning his intellectual uh, capabilities is just plain dumb but that's what liberals do so the liberal kid gets up and um, he said he asked Superior, "Well, you're commenting on all these issues, you know, LGBTQ ABCDEFG issues. issues. Uh, you're commenting on all these social issues, but do you have a degree in sociology?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh." Now, I'm not knocking Ben's response was classic. Like he was like, "Well, I've read the research. Like I'm allowed to have an opinion." But I thought to myself, "Oh wait, I got it. This is." This, this was the greatest moment ever, I think, in the history of liberals exposing themselves as really dopey and not picking up on it at all. Hmm. So let me get this straight. You, you see the premise I'm setting up, right, Joe? The guy, the commentator, the liberal kid gets up, excuse me, gets right. up, speaks to Shapiro. He's the conservative commentator. Mm-hmm. And he asks him. Why he feels like he should be commenting on these, all these social issues, uh, gay rights, whatever it may be, transgender, bathroom usage, whatever it may be, if he yeah. doesn't have a Ph.D. in sociology, because apparently he's not smart enough. <laughs> now, no, I'm not messing with you. I'm not putting you this yeah. way. Do you have any idea where I'm going with this? If you're a, let me give you a hint, because yeah. I'm going to see if you can, if you're a liberal. Uh, yeah. What is your take on who should control health care, Joe? People or the government? Oh, the government. Yeah. Okay. If you're a liberal, mm-hmm. what is your take on who should control cash flows, money, taxes, the government or individuals? Oh, the government. Okay. If you're a liberal, yeah. what is your take on the public education system? That the education system should be controlled by parents or should be controlled by education bureaucrats? Mm, bureaucrats. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, get, you, you get where I'm, I'm going with this? Yes, I So do. let me get this straight. Liberal student kid. And we asked Shapiro this question. I wish yeah. Shapiro would have punched them in the gut on this one. I mean, rhetorically. When we don't recommend violence, unlike the left, right, guys. Your whole You just refuted liberalism. Your whole premise is that a Harvard Law grad can't comment on anything because he's not smart enough, but yet your yeah. political religion is that government should determine your health care, yeah. should spend your money, should tell you where your kids go to school, should regulate your business, should regulate the financial industry, should tell you how to use your land, should tell you how to sell your farm, should tell you how to use your farm, should regulate water usage, should determine if food is safe, should determine if drugs are safe, should determine Determine if a doctor's license should determine if a if a hair braider is licensed should determine if a teacher is licensed. Look, are you insane? This <laughs> entire life, I want that. I don't know if Ben Shapiro listens to my or if anybody who associated with Shapiro does, yeah. but B- Ben. I'm begging you to go back on your show. I will highlight clips from your show on my show and please address that kid. And Brett, I know it's ex post facto. It's after the, I get it now. But that was a beauty. He did a great job, by the way, Shapiro. He really did. I mean, it's, you know, I had time to think about it, so it's not fair. You know, he had it on the spot. But Joe, do you see how this kid's entire question just annihilates liberalism completely? So a a Harvard lawyer whose entire life is studying policy, this is what Ben Shapiro does. He's not qualified to comment on any issues of transgenderism or or homosexuality, right? He's not qualified. But the government is qualified to do absolutely everything and make every decision about you for your life. I mean, it is just staggering in its stupidity. I'm going to... You may say, why aren't you playing the cut? Folks, I hunted endlessly for this thing this morning, and I get up early. I mean, well, it mm-hmm. shouldn't say it. I'm probably insulting the hardworking people of America. I get up about 6.15. you probably like, early. I get up, and Joe gets up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But I, I try to put a solid three-plus hours into the show. And I'm telling you, after 20 or 30 minutes, I couldn't find it. I mean, I went to Twitter, and I don't remember where I saw it. I will try to dig up this clip after the show and play it tomorrow. If not, I'll cover it on Levin on Wednesday. But mm. it is just a perfect summation of just how silly liberals are. Again, I mean I I I you know, sometimes I watch this and I'm like, they don't and they don't even get it. They know no sense of shame at all. Okay, a couple more stories here I wanted to hit before we uh before we break for the day. Joe, you have that Bernie cut ready to go? Yeah, Dan, I have it. Mhm just quickly, Bernie Sanders, again, selling this single-payer nonsense. Here's a cut of Bernie Sanders absolutely, totally lying to you about what single-payer is. And notice, before you play the cut, I want you to pay very, it's a very short one. What is it, about 50 seconds? Yeah, oh, like yeah it's yeah. very short. I want you to notice something before we play it. I want you to notice themes that were similar in the Obamacare debate that don't worry, if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Remember the famous Obama line, pre-Obamacare? Don't you worry. Bet. it's not gonna ch- In other words, Joe... You could let li- if you like your plan, you could keep your plan. What's the yeah. gist of that? Nothing's going to change, right? <laughs> That's how Obama BS'd you during the Obamacare ba- debate. Keep that in your head as you listen to this cut. Play the cut. Gallup does a lot of polling on this issue. And what they find out is that the most popular health insurance program in this country is Medicare. Right. People, seniors, feel really good. Veterans Administration ranks very high. In fact, private insurance company is not all that popular. What well, we have to tell the average worker. The only thing that is changing in this program, this is not, quote unquote, a government takeover. The only thing that's changing is the color of your insurance card from a Blue Cross Blue Shield card, a United Health card to a Medicare for All card. You're still going to go to the doctor you want. It's the same structure. Oh, wow. (laughs) Dude, you know, Armacost sent me the clip this morning and I wasn't going (laughs) to use it. And then I listened again and I'm like, this is the Ben Shapiro thing again. This is a, a liberal saying something, just like the liberal question of Shapiro, who doesn't realize he dismantled the entire premise of his argument within the actual question or statement. He, Bernie doesn't realize it at all. He opens up the clip, Joe, right? And yeah. Remember, you're on podcast. You can rewind. Listen again if you think I'm making this up. By telling you that private insurance, which is not private, it's just free market insurance. not private. It's not like an exclusive club. Anybody can go buy insurance. Anyone. He opens a clip, right, Joe, telling you how it doesn't poll well. Meanwhile, Joe, most Americans have free market insurance. And then he goes on to end his argument by saying, but don't worry, your free market insurance won't change. At all, which is a absolute lie. It is a government takeover. It will make private insurance in some respects unfeasible. You will have to be on government run health care. So let me get this straight. In your premise, it's that nobody likes free market insurance, but don't worry, your free market insurance won't change. And he, he says it with a straight face. And And it's like, you wonder if these interviewers catch this stuff or if the interviewers themselves are so baked into liberal ideology, they see nothing wrong with it. But when Joe, when Joe sent me that clip, like I said, the first time I was like, ah, it's just crazy Bernie being Bernie. And then like a light bulb went <laughs> off and I'm like, this is beautiful. This is the Shapiro thing all over again. A guy, a liberal, makes a statement intending to insult conservatism. What he really does is the entire premise of his statement breaks down liberalism. You're not smart enough to comment on social issues, but we're smart enough to run your whole life as liberals. And then it's Bernie. Hey, free market insurance really sucks, but th- have no fear. Have no fear, your free market insurance won't change at all, which is an absolute lie. He is just—he's a hundred percent making that up. All right, good clip by the way, Joe. I always appreciate when you say. Oh, thank stuff. you, Daniel. And uh, one last story, and uh, we'll rock and roll here for the day. By the way, b- my book comes out uh, tomorrow. It's available on Amazon now. Protecting the President. If you want to pick it up, thank you to everyone who uh, did. I really appreciate it. I'm not going to beat you to death with the book on the show, but it means a lot. I put a lot of work into it, so thank you. Um, Barack Obama, you know, liberal hypocrisy. This, I mean, uh, folks, it just gets so easy. <laughs> it's uh, Every day, it's just so easy. Really, this is not a hard job. I love my job. It's mentally painful sometimes having to read about liberal hypocrisy all the time. This is mm. not a hard job at all. But it is so easy. Uh, Zero Hedge has an email list. It's pretty good. And uh, this morning, I, I got I was going through the blast. That's where I pick up a lot of my financial stuff from. And uh, there was an article about Barack Obama, who just took another $400,000 payday, Joe, to oh. give a speech at a Northern Trust Corp, you know, financial industry, yeah. and also apparently took a big chunk of change to speak at the Carlisle group, Carlyle group, and then has a $60 million book deal uh, with his wife. Now, folks, I want to be crystal clear on this. I am not alleging in any way that this is corrupt, That is not even remotely. I'm not alleging it's illegal. I'm not even alleging it's wrong. What I, the point I want to make to you is that it's hypocritical. And if you, and, and li, I really mean this to liberals listening. I know we get them because I got a nice email from a guy the other day who said, I'm a, I was a converted liberal. He's like, I searched all over for a podcast. I'm not kidding. And he's like, I found yours. And I, you know who wrote it. Thank you for writing that. It meant a lot to me. All right. But if you're a liberal listening to this, I'm just really, I'm seriously asking you, put, try to put aside emotions for a minute. For me, it's hard. I get it. It is hard for me. So maybe I'm being a little bit hypocritical here too, but I'm just asking you to think rationally for a moment. I'm not saying anything Obama did is wrong, taking these huge paydays for a book or for his speaking. But here's a quote here that I want you to challenge yourself with, if you would be so kind. This is a quote from a guy named Tom Nides, N-I-D-E-S, who was a deputy secretary of state under uh, Hillary Clinton in the Obama administration. So he's probably a big lib Talking about these big paydays, He says, I love Barack Obama. And if someone's willing to pay him to give a speech, God bless America, said Tom. Now you may say, oh, okay, well, what's the problem? There's a a, a word in there that should really strike you. Willing. Mm -hmm. In other words, this guy, whether he knows it or not, is sanctioning the idea that people should be able to make free market interactions freely. They should be able to buy insurance at a price they want or they don't want. They should be able to choose to buy insurance or not because they're willing. People should be able to pay Barack Obama $400,000. But do you understand that that's not the premise of your liberal religion? The premise of your liberal religion is that smart people in the government, just like the liberal kid who questioned Ben Shapiro, should be making these decisions for you whether you're willing or not. That was the whole purpose of the individual mandate in Obamacare. That whether you are willing to pay $400,000 to Barack Obama or not, that's too much And that it shouldn't be allowed to happen. That was the individual mandate. That if insurance companies were going to charge you this much for insurance, you were going to have to buy it no matter whether you were willing or not. That's. Do you get my point, Joe? Mm -hmm. That this one simple little sense. I love Barack Obama. Someone's willing to pay him to give a speech. Yes, we agree, Tom. But it's amazing how you're such a hypocrite how you support government policies that don't take into account at all what people are willing to do and use the the monopoly force government has to force people under penalty of fine or jail to do things they aren't willing to do. People aren't willing to turn over more of their money, but you want higher taxes. People aren't willing to buy inflated health care insurance plans, but you penalize them if they don't. People aren't willing to send their crappy kids to crappy schools, but you don't want school choice. There is nothing about willing, you will, unless it personally profits you or your cronies like Barack Obama. It doesn't make you a criminal. It doesn't make you corrupt. It makes you a big stinking pile of hypocrisy. Chew on them apples. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.